Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Saroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for listening to over 65 great episodes, speaking with so many creative people. It's been such a privilege to have them on here, to share their stories. And if you are not subscribing yet, you not only have 12 different platforms to choose from, Apple, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Amazon, but you also have, drumroll please, Pandora. Yes, the show as of December 4th, Excelsior Journeys has been accepted to Pandora. So you can go ahead and take a look on there if you are a Pandora listener and enjoy this show. Um, I also wanna thank everyone who has been taking the time to subscribe and download to the Apple Podcast channel because Excelsior Journeys has reached the top 150 in the performing arts category on Apple Podcasts. It is such a thrill to see the progress that the show has been making over the, over the past several weeks. And uh, what I, I believe that uh, we're gonna get even more subscriptions, more downloads and more likes and more great feedback with our guest this week. One of the great things that I really love about the indie publishing world um, and this is speaking for the majority of indie authors. There are, of course, the occasional bad apples that are out there. But the real great thing I really love about indie publishing is the feeling of when one of us succeeds, we all succeed. And it has been such a thrill watching Jennifer Irwin suddenly come out of nowhere with her debut novel, Address the Color of the Sky. And absolutely dominate in terms of getting so many people on social media to go ahead and and buy it and read it and love it and share it. I have seen such an amazing amount of people that are post putting out posts recommending this book to their peers, to their family members, to their friends, to their followers. And it's been such a thrill to watch this happen. And, um, and since I am Instagram friends with Jennifer, I have, uh, I've been, it's been a real privilege to see how she has been going along with this, with this sudden success and all the great things that has come, come to her. And I think that's, it's just a remarkable, um, just a remarkable moment to see that and to really kind of bask in that for all of indie authors because Jennifer's doing it right. She is, uh, she is not, she is not stopping at all. She is constantly moving with, uh, she is not just resting on one book. She has another one that is, that is being pitched right now. And she has a third one. That's, that's uh, a national novel writing month project. We're going to be hearing from Jennifer about it all. It is my privilege to welcome to Excelsior Journeys this week, Jennifer Irwin. Jennifer, how are you? 
Hey, thank you for having me, George. And what a beautiful introduction. I, I love listening to that. And congrats on the success of your show. That is so exciting. It really, it really is. I couldn't, I, it, it seemed like it was suddenly coming out of nowhere where all of a sudden the show had charted on the top 250 and then it became, well, let's see, let's, let's reach out to more people. Let's see if they, we can get some more downloads in there see if it can get to the top 200. And then it got to the, it just barely was reaching into the top 200. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's 154. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's 149. So I was, I'm still trying, I'm still trying to fat the, to, to uh, wrap my head around all of this, but I just love the fact that people are starting to listen to this. You know, I don't want it to be like a well-kept secret. I want yeah. all my guests to get the kind of, to get the kind of feedback and the kind of following that they deserve. That's why wow. I started the show in the first place. That's so and awesome. so, so it, you know, having you on here is a perfect addition to that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, um, so before we talk about the, before we go back in time to the very beginning of it all, um, tell me a little bit about the one that's being, uh, the one that's being pitched right now, correct? This is the sequel yeah. to Address um, the Color of the Sky? Yeah, I've written a standalone sequel um, to my debut novel. And um, so now I'm trying to traditional, go with the traditional publishing route. I have an agent and basically, um, you know, it's going to be tough because I've already released um, the, you know, the first and uh, what I'm hoping to be a trilogy and they would have to, I mean, they don't necessarily have to pick that up. I would hope my hope would be to get picked up to have Address the Color of the Moon picked up, which is a standalone sequel. You don't have to have read Address the Color of the Sky to read it. Um, mm -hmm. But um, I would like to re recover the first book um, to, to kind of match the second, have an, a publisher pick up both books and re-release them. Um, because as yeah. an indie-published um, writer, it's very difficult to penetrate the reader market. Um, you can never land on the New York Times bestseller list. It's, it's hard to get your book in big time influencers hands. Um, oh, yeah. And I really want that machine behind me to um, promote my work. I, mm -hmm. I've gone as far as I, I can as an indie author and my book's done really well, but um, I'm still, you know, barely scraping the surface. So it sounds a lot like my approach when I first launched Excelsior. Mm -hmm. um, that first book, it was a self-published book in 2010. Can't believe it was already over 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, but in 2013, I saw an opportunity to pitch it to a small press based out of St. Louis. And they asked me, "You, it's this looks really good, but at the same time, I see that you've self-published it and it's doing well. Are you? Um, so I'm curious why you want to go this route. And I said, pretty much the same thing you did. I feel like I hit the ceiling when it came to what I can do for this book. And I want, I, I appreciate the fact that I would have a team behind me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some, someone to invest in me. That's, those are the key words that I put in there. Yeah. And that led me to, you know, that small press. And then eventually the press that I'm working with now, Aloris Publishing, uh, which not only published the third edition of Excelsior and God, I hope that's the last one, <laughs> but the, <laughs> But also ever upward, the first sequel, and so yeah. it's you know it, it's a it's a great feeling to have a, a, a publishing. 
I, I'm not sure if you can really call it a machine, but at least like a publisher who has invested in you and is wanting to wanting you to succeed as much as you want yourself to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm pretty realistic. I mean, I'm, um, it's, I know it's not easy to get picked up. I think the publishing mm-hmm. world right now is very different than it once was. And I just oh, yeah. read an article um, last week about how they're going to start like more prominent authors are going to get bigger upfront royalties and less net lesser known authors are going to get little to none. So they're really mm-hmm. shifting how they're doing that and the age of getting big, big amounts up front are, you know, kind of gone. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I'm, I'm staying hopeful and I have a very, very um, strong agent who believes in my work and is, um, very strategic with how he's doing his pitching. So Excellent. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, just got to stay positive and keep writing. Yeah. And um, did you, was the fact that it was a standalone sequel, was that a real, um, was that a real grabber to the agent? Cause normally agents don't like to work with books that have already been put yeah, out I, there. I think he, I, I think what, he encouraged me to, to write the standalone sequel and um, at the same time, you know, was very realistic that it's possible I won't get picked up, but it's possible um, if I, if it does get picked up that they're not going to, to you know, re-release Address to Color of the Sky. Um, there's a lot of different ways it could work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all, you, all we ever need in this life is a break, just one yeah. break. You know, we mm-hmm. just need one person to champion you one person to say you know this book's gotten great reviews the author's a hustler I mean there's a lot of different moving parts to why they pick up an author it's not just you know how well can you write Mm -hmm. it's it's are you willing to do the work are you willing to because they want to see writers are are you know going to hustle for their for their and believe in their work and and keep marketing um you know the market big marketing budgets aren't aren't what they once were so Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah um you know in the brick and mortar getting getting being able to i can't i mean my book's not even carried in my local little bookstore you know they won't carry it um really I, yeah and but i did just read that barnes and noble is starting to shift how they're going to be um running their businesses and they're going to try and become more local as far as whole, carrying more local artists so um I'm going to definitely go down to my couple of Barnes and Nobles and talk to them about carrying my book because, you know, it's got to be seen on the shelf. You can order it, but you know, that's not really helping anyone. They, they, they need to do impulse buying and see the book and know that the author lives nearby and is, you know, just that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And having, having worked at Barnes and Noble for a period of time, I can definitely back that up because it really is uh, it's it's a great feeling. It's very validating to be like in a Barnes and Noble, even though the the whole brick and mortar stores have really kind of you know um, been kind of pushed to the to the back seat in favor of Amazon. Yeah. Um, Barnes and Noble still has that clout. It still has that sort of feeling of when you yeah. when you have a signing in their store, then that's a good thing. That's a really good thing because yeah, I mean, they do I, have they do have a they do have their their. Um, their standards you know they're not just going to publish they're not just going to have a you know any sort of signing for anyone who just like happened to hit click on amazon so right but the the problem i found was that i did a lot of signings and i sold a decent number of books every time i did a signing 
But then I left mm-hmm. a case or two of books behind and they just sat in the back. They're not putting uh, them on the because they're not being paid. Yeah, they're not being paid to shelf the books. And that's how they make money is the publishers yeah. pay them to position the books. And um, so then I ended up just getting cases and cases returned to me. Uh, you know? So you're designing and then it's over. They're not going to carry your book. And that, you know, yeah. it's kind of a bummer. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's just reality of being an indie author. Yeah, yeah. But there's hope for a really good future. You know, like I, um, I, I suspect some really good things for 2021 uh, for you, especially. Aww, thank you. I, honestly, I mean, because I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the different, the different kind of excitement that people are showing on social media for your book. And thank you. The reviews have been unbelievable. I I, honestly, I um, I've been incredibly touched by my readers and Mm -hmm. male and female. And and I did not expect so many men to read my book, so many men to write reviews and to to be moved by the story. Um, That's kind of been the most surprising thing for me, but my book has, um, 159 reviews on Amazon and a 4.9 star rating. I mean, it's that's fabulous. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So that is fabulous. And it's, uh, it's won uh, a couple of awards as well, right? Yeah. Seven book awards. Um, seven. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I don't think readers really care much about awards, but for me, that was, I would say one of the highlights just mm-hmm. to know that I, you know, competing against my peers in a very difficult category. I mean, I'm not in a very, you know, a small subcategory. I mean, women's right. fiction is a big category with a lot of submissions. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, my book did very, very well, um, and it's held. It's really, um, it's been, it's been well received by readers. So, you know, it's, it's a diff. It is a tough subject matter. It's not, you know, it's not a fluffy read, but um, there is l- some lightness to it. But I deal with some tough subjects in in the book. So, um, yeah. That's chance, any chance of doing a book bub promotion? Uh, a book bub, yeah, I would like to do a book bub promotion. Um, it's really expensive. Actually, when I yeah. when I went to the readers' um, favorite awards in Miami, um, a lot mm-hmm. of authors told me that was like a way that they actually were able to get their book out there really, you know, at a, a bigger scale. Um, and I got yeah. an email from book bub offering me um, a last minute spot. Um, so I, I think I'm going to take them up on that. They, you know, it, excellent. I, I think it's like fifteen hundred dollars to do an a, an international book bug promotion. I mean, it's it's not cheap. Wow. It's really expensive. But um, if you do a last minute one, they you get you get a discount. But I've heard that's a very very good promotion to do. It is, I yeah. And it. speaking speaking from experience, yes, because as soon as as soon as Excelsior went um, went wide with wide distribution. Uh, with my current publisher, he was able to secure a book bub promotion. And, and uh, so we had it set for, I believe it was December 3rd of 2018. And for that, that whole day, just watching the progress of it, it was like the stock exchange. (laughs) It was fun. Yeah. Cause it was, it was just amazing watching the, watching it just like climbing, you know, different charts, even though it didn't reach the USA Today numbers. Um, yeah. It did reach a number one bestseller spot on Amazon US, but then wow. three categories on Amazon Canada. 
And wow, that's awesome. so I was like, okay, so, so, you know and they say, I'm just curious, do you know how many that promotion got you? Um, I can't really say off the top of my head how much. Um, I know that it was enough to not only break even with the, um, uh, with paying for the promotion itself, but it was also able to kind of push me across the finish line of, of, um, of my advance. Wow. So, so that's yeah, awesome. So, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So that, it was, it was a really good feeling for that. And, um, Amazon has made a point to say that if you get one of those number one bestseller flags, then you are a bestselling author. And so I basically wow. just said like, okay, well, I got USA and Canada. I'm an international bestselling author. So, <laughs> so, so cool. and that's so that so is, cool. so that's the tag right on the top of from parts unknown. When I relaunched that international bestselling author, George Soroy, you know, I don't wow. care. I don't care if people know, don't know who I am. I am taking that and I'm running with it. So, <laughs> Wow, that's that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So enough about me. Let's go back. Let's let's uh, go to the beginning for you. Let's talk about that lightning bolt moment that I always like to bring up. The moment that made you want to say, "This is the direction I want to go in. This is the kind of life I want to lead. This is what I want to be." What was it for you for writing? <laughs> um. Gee, I, you know, I feel I've had a story brewing for a long time inside of me. I knew that I, um, I wanted to do something creative. I've always worked in a creative industry. And I think after my divorce, I, um, I just decided to start writing. I found it to be very mm -hmm. healing and um, kind of cathartic. So I, I didn't have any idea what I was doing or how to write a book. Um, I made a lot of mistakes and, you know, trial and error. Um, and I had, like you said, a lot of nice indie authors and, you know, different people kind of helping me along the way, um, giving me advice and um, I'm really grateful for that. And I try to do the same for others and um, pay it forward. And I mean, I wouldn't say I had a lightning bolt moment. I would just say, um, that writing is, is just something that I absolutely love. And the more I do it, the more I love it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I find it to be, um, you know, very relaxing. And um, I enjoy getting feedback from my readers. It's just, it's such a great form of expression for me. And, um, but it, it wasn't, I never, I didn't wake up. I mean, I wasn't born, like, I want to be a writer my whole life. But I will tell you that everything I do, in my career mm -hmm. right now and all the different jobs that I do are just mm -hmm. so that I can write. I just, all I want to do is write. All I want to do is be a writer. I want to live on someday an income, you know, of being a writer, but mm -hmm. for now I can't. So right. I subsidize my income so mm -hmm. that I can write. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What was the, when, when you decided that you had this particular story in you, and you knew that that was going to be it. What was it like actually starting up that first draft and getting it down on either paper or the screen? How do you um, do you do longhand or do you do just straight to the uh, um, keyboard? I would. I'm. Uh, I'm what they call a pantser. So I did. I don't plot that much. Um, yeah. You know, I don't um, do a lot of. I, I sort of go by the seat of my pants. I, I do the the full just write. Right, just keeps 
you know, stream of conscience, consciousness writing. Um, and yeah. then I go, you know, I go back and, and <clears throat> excuse me, rewrite stuff and just keep working on it. Um, but I, um, I would say that the, the whole concept came to me. I teach Pilates, um, been mm -hmm. teaching for a long time. Yeah. And I, I get, um, to know the women and I, I wanted to find a universal character that was highly relatable and highly flawed, mm -hmm. <clears throat> a female protagonist. And right. I, I figured a lot of women had experienced some of the things I'd experienced. Um, when I was writing, uh, before I released my book, the Me Too movement um, became really big, which aligned with my book. Um, that was just oh, wow. luck, you know, that was just pure luck, but um, I want, I was curious about how my past had really shaped and molded who I am as a woman and affected the type of person I was attracted to, um, mm -hmm. you know, in love and wanted to kind of figure out why did I choose the wrong person and why do a lot of women choose the wrong person and does it go back to your childhood? So um, I, I tried writing my book in many different ways. Um, I wrote it in the timeline format, which I didn't work as well because, you know, my protagonist is very flawed. Um, mm -hmm. And in order to create empathy for her, I had to, I, I ended up writing it every other chapter. It goes back and forth in time. So mm. even though she's very poorly behaved, when you see her life and what happened to her as a child, yeah, um, you root for her. And it creates a sense of empathy for for the readers so that they when they are and see her poorly behaved or see what she, you know read about what she's done then they kind of root they still root for her and it's not so appalling you know to, to for her behavior but um yeah. mostly i just I, I i started writing to heal myself from the traumas of my past and going through a divorce and kind of um, and it ended up what I wrote to heal myself ended up helping a lot of other people without me really planning on that at all. That's great. That's, yeah. that's, that's an amazing little um, addition to everything that you just don't expect. And yeah, it's I'm also a real testament of how, how like the, the right kind of book can really, you know, can really affect so many people. So tell me about your main character. Her name's Prudence, right? Uh -huh, yeah, her name's Prudence. Um, she's kind of the girl next door. I mean, she's a mom. She's um, she's a wife and uh, a friend, but she um, definitely has uh, an issue, which is she's she's a sex addict, and mm -hmm. so she checks into rehab with the hopes that she can get her marriage back. And um, there's. I, I like to call my book Girl Interrupted Meets Orange is the New Black because half the book takes place in rehab and there's the cast of characters in rehab. They chat in the smoking area. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of interesting banter. There's um, try-fail cycles with the different characters. Um, we see Prudence really evolve during therapy um, mm -hmm. and then her ex-husband or the husband she's estranged from comes during family week. She has a son who comes during family week um, and how they were affected by her addiction. Um, and you can see a, a huge evolution in her character during the time that she checks in and then the, the day that she checks out. And it's 
very cathartic mm. um, to yeah. see her, you know, grow and change and her inner voices. Women are extremely hard on themselves. Um, and the, the, the inner voices are pretty powerful. And mm -hmm. so you can see that she's uh, beats herself up a lot in her head and is really critical of herself. And then towards the end of the book, this lightens and you can see that she's finding self-love. And, um, and one of the things that I really learned from my own you know, relationship fails is that self-love is truly important to, to really be able to love. Um, you have to have a good relationship with yourself and listening to the voices, yeah. you know, that this self-talk um, is really important. And, and sometimes we can be meaner to ourselves than we would ever allow someone to be mean to us, you know? So there's this, I touch mm -hmm. on a lot of things that are pretty deep, but I write in a very light, very um, non-flowery way. So that's, it's very fast paced and um, kind of funny and relatable um, with a topic that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And this is definitely something that I think a lot of fellow writers can, uh, can, can sympathize with because we are always our worst critics. Mm -hmm. We're always the ones who are more denigrating to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're always the ones who are filled with self-doubt as to what they what they are creating as if it's yeah. if it's worthy to get out there oh, totally um, yeah i think that's good though i i'm so actually driven a lot by my own self-doubt yeah that was how you were basically kind of dealing with your own just kind of pushing through you know i honestly um didn't know how this book would be received um i, I did send it out to beta readers and that's when I got the film option was from a beta reader. So um, that kind of really? signaled to me that some, I, I might be onto something. Um, yeah. And then I, I hired a writing coach when I did get the film option um, to kind of help me to untangle the necklace because it was my first book. And I wasn't exactly yeah. sure everything I, that needed to happen in a story, the trial fail cycles, you know, all the different things, the arcs, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, just every beat that has to get hit and what, what makes a, a timeless story. Um, and my writing coach tried to steal the book from me. So that was, she, I think what? She, saw, she saw a dollar sign. She saw a gold mine. She thought this was, you know, yeah. She basically said it was her book. It was her story. It was, it was really frightening. But in the end of the day, um, the written word is, is it, it if you should go to somebody with a full manuscript, they can't actually say they wrote it. So she didn't have a leg mm -hmm. to stand on, but there were a lot of things like that where I was like, wow, you know, maybe the story is something here. I, I didn't really know. And yeah. then when the reviews started coming in, that was powerful for me. But then the private messages I've gotten from readers have just yeah. been un unbelievable unbelievable that's, that's that's amazing i was yeah. actually going to ask you what your what your team consisted of so you have beta readers and you had this I, I, writing coach i'm still trying and to wrap then, my head around that it plays oh, that like a, a really... it plays like a it plays like a like a its own book oh, you know, yeah. the, the was, creating of this gnarly. book yeah it was gnarly so um she you know she really helped me a lot and then the, the deeper that we got into finishing 
untangling my manuscript, the more she was mm-hmm. like, this is my book. It was a co-write. Then all of a sudden it was her right. It just, you know, but these things happen. Here's the thing. If, you know, if you don't understand your rights as an author, people will take advantage of you. And, and yeah. I think a lot of authors get stuck in contracts that are just ridiculous. Um, you know, don't mm-hmm. sign anything without an attorney looking at it. There's, you have, you know, people will take advantage if you're, ch- especially if you're chasing a dream and you want it so badly, you know, that's yeah. when you're vulnerable to somebody taking advantage of you. Um, I had an, mm-hmm. an agent for a while that was terrible and <clears throat> she charged me. She, she asked me for money, which is a big red flag. If an agent ever asks oh, yeah. to pay them, you know, that's a problem. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that caused me a lot of issues. There, there were just a plethora of things that happened. And I, learned so much from my first book yeah and um my second book it was a more complex story structure or is um i took on you know a very difficult story structure i think it's a great book i hope Mm -hmm. somebody picks it up um but you know this is a tough business it is really hard to get picked up that it is i don't know and i to this day i don't understand what, why they pick one book up and they don't pick up another when mm-hmm. a lot of these big published books don't have that many reviews and haven't really done that well and aren't, you know, aren't rated that highly, but yet they won't take my book who's that's really done well. So you don't know yeah. what they're looking for. Um, you know, so it's tough. It's, I wish I understood publishing more, but I, I don't, I just don't yeah. understand it. it. It is quite the tangled web. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> really yeah. is. And yeah. uh, so I, I'm still kind of, you know, dumbstruck a little bit by the fact that you had this extraordinary bit of luck by having a beta reader who was the one to option it. Yeah, uh, was, I thought, um, was that I was that planned that. out? Was that something that, you know, like that uh, you reached out to them and they let you know after the fact that they had the, the ability to do that? Or was this? Yes, it was um, a somebody that has never made a movie um and mm-hmm. um a, it was an acquaintance of mine and they have a, they're they're billionaires and um uh, okay she had a daughter in film school and i think she wanted to she thought she and her daughter could make the movie but the thing about making a movie is um you kind of have to know what you're doing and yeah after so after a certain period of time nothing happened and then the rights just go back to me so was it just had, like a one-year option um it, it, yeah it was it was a little longer than that but she didn't do anything there was no mm-hmm. activity whatsoever um so that's a shame yeah so that 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 that's be and my agent was very concerned that there was a watered down situation in which i didn't have a contract but um they had verbally you know money had been exchanged and they had verbally um you know optioned the film so i had to unwind it legally but mm-hmm. because nothing had been put in writing then yeah. that wasn't, it didn't it made it a lot easier i mean i wish she'd done something i think she would have been a great you know would, would have done a great job but it just nothing happened like literally not even one press release not you know no nothing so um and then that was rough on me because she designed the cover and on the cover, it said being made into a feature film. Um, uh, 
<laughs> you know, and I felt like I deceived my readers because nothing yeah. happened with the movie. Um, you know, that was that 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 caused me a lot of sleepless nights. Um, but mm -hmm. in the end of the day, um, I do think my book would make an, a great Netflix show. I actually was at someone's house the other day, and a woman was there who had read my book. And she was like, your book needs to be a movie. I mean, it's just perfect, you know, it would be transcribed so well in the film. And I really want it to become a Netflix. I know it would be great. The way it goes back and forth in time, the flawed protagonist, the subject matter. Um, mm -hmm. But you just have to find the right person and get it in yeah. an influencer's hands. And that's that's really the tricky part. Have you thought about doing, doing the, the screenplay yourself? You know, um, my son's actually in the film business and I have- No kidding. Yeah, I have. <clears throat> I mean, he's, you know, he's very low. He just got his first movie credit. Um, mm -hmm. And he's reading scripts right now for his studio that he works at. Um, so, you know, I'm like, come on, I've written a treatment. Yeah. So it's not a full screenplay. I was right. a film, I was a film major in college. I did write a screenplay in college that, that did, got me into an arts program um it won a contest so i i have been writing my whole life but i didn't know i mm -hmm. wanted to write a book and then yeah. once you get bitten by that bug where you start writing a book and you see how it goes um yeah it's just you know you can't stop you just start you love it you know you just love it especially considering the fact that there's so many so much of the film industry is taken up by people that are always looking for projects to adapt, not yeah. to not original projects to develop. So yeah, I mean, Reese Witherspoon has really opened up the market for oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, writers to shimmy. She's snatching up film rights left and right. And it's really exciting, you know, yeah. and the influence of book bloggers. And um, I mean, just the, the power that they have in, um, like when Reese Witherspoon's book club announces a, the next month's read, that book skyrockets to number one and it becomes a movie. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It's, 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 almost, it's almost like she's out Oprah-ing Oprah. Oh, fully. With this. Totally. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, I, you, it's, it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm, I've been really blown away by the book bloggers um, and how the beautiful photos they take with books, um, how they promote books for people. It's, you know, it's, I, I couldn't have even gotten half of where I am without the book blogger community. Yeah. It really, it really is something. Yeah. What would you recommend? And this is, this is something purely selfish on, on my end, because I am you know, like uh, the book bloggers. I've only just like been able to kind of like get a little bit of traction with that. Mm -hmm. What would, uh, what would you recommend to people that are looking to kind of get the sort of the sort of attention that your book has gotten? Obviously my, you know, like it's, my it's works are a completely different genre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I work very, very hard on social media. I spent a lot of time building my social media platform. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not as diligent as I, as I used to be um, just because it's so time consuming. Um, yeah. I, the one thing that I, I found per, that my readers want to know more about me personally um, mm -hmm. when I post about anything that doesn't have to do technically with me, it just doesn't do as well. So I just always go back to me and what's my writing journey and how am I feeling and what, mm -hmm. you know, what goes on in the mind of a writer? You know, what do you experience yeah. 
and how. So I do. I share a lot about <clears throat> myself personally, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, when um, I see a book blogger expressing interest in me or my book, I reach out to them in a private message. And if they're in the United States, I send them a book. I send them a copy. I offer. Um, yeah. And you know, you can send a book book rate. So, um, you know, it doesn't cost that much. It, I find the international shipping, you know, the, the book, if you send books to India, they get lost. I've had a lot of issues with that. Mm. Um, I will send books to Canada. It's just really expensive. You know, or I offer yeah, them either yeah. a free Kindle edition or I'll gift them, you know, a, a paperback or hardcover, whatever. But I, I'm very, I give away books. I give away a lot of books. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. how you can, you know, you get people to um, read your books. They yeah. They're more often going to take a chance on you if they're not having to pay for it. Um, yeah. You know, I've never paid for a review, but I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem giving a book away to someone so that they'll read it. And if they're compelled to write a review, great. You know, that's even better. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah so, and I've gotten beautiful photographs taken with my book. I mean, the, the book bloggers are so talented. And yeah. so then you have pictures that you can use. Um, you know, I, I, I taught myself how to use a lot of outsourcing apps um, to manage my social media and mm. kind of build, build my platform. I, right now I find Instagram to be um, sort of my platform of choice. I also use Twitter a lot. I've sold a lot of books on Twitter. Twitter's very powerful. Excellent. Um, Facebook, you know, I I don't I don't find to be as um, powerful for selling books, but you know, mm -hmm. everybody's different. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. Um, so, and and uh, so you've you've got it on paperback. You've got it on <laughs> ebook. Do you have an audiobook as well? Yes. Um, I went. I partnered with um, Marnie Young, and she is an audio ah, narrator. Yes, she, I um, love I love Marnie. I yeah. love Marnie to death. She has actually taken me in as one of her narrators. She's so amazing. I, she's really amazing. She really is. And so she yeah. um, loved my book, and she felt very um, attached to the character. She felt related to the story deeply um, and on a personal level, um, and so. I went with her company and mm -hmm. the audiobook um, has done all right. I think that's another thing that if you have a big publisher backing you, it definitely helps. Audiobooks are expensive. Yeah. Yeah, they so, definitely are. Yeah, she did a great job with the audiobook. I mean, she's a brilliant narrator. She, were, she really is. Oh, so she got to narrate it for you as well. Yeah, she, she narrated it for me. Yeah. Oh, even better even better she's, she's she, yeah. really amazing i'm super grateful and yeah. you know she's she's definitely um had a huge impact on the indie author community with the way she's um you know really opened herself up and she promotes indie authors and she's just a great she's a beautiful soul you know and a yeah. Talented yeah. yeah she's somebody you definitely want on your team yeah and yeah yeah she's great yeah, she, she really is. yeah. The, I, everything that she's done for me, and even, I haven't even like recorded my first book for her yet, you know. But it's just so, the fact so that's that she's interesting. You're going to do narrating. I like that's really cool. Good for you. Okay. I I've already got. That. I've already gotten uh, several. I've already gotten oh, several. Oh really? It's, it's that's hard. It's a lot harder than I thought. 
the how yeah. she does it and how it breaks down and you know it's 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 serious business narrating mm-hmm. the book. a lot of that people are like why just... did you narrate it and i was like oh no it's really hard to narrate a book I just fin- I just finished uh, the fourth book for one of my clients. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I've done about what, what what would I say like a little over ten already. That's amazing, um, and that's just wow. and that's just for my own my own stuff. But at the same time, I'm not only doing the narrating, but I'm also doing the editing and the finalizing and and the checking with with AC with uh, Amazon and all that stuff. And yeah. so I am so relieved that you know, like when I'm working for Marnie. I narrate, I send it over, and her team takes care of it. I am so cool. That's awesome. Do you have a, so you have a full studio? <laughs> you have a studio at your house, like the full. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in the studio right now. Yeah, that's, that's really uh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, cool. I got. I have my Rode NT1A microphone. I'm looking looking at right now. I have. Uh, I have it plugged into my laptop. I got my little on air sign that I got for Christmas last year. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I got. Uh, I got. I got acoustic foam, uh, you know, like wall to wall. I got moving blankets. Oh hey, yeah, no, my son, my son's an audio mind. engineer. I, I mean, all, all this audio is critical. I mean, the sound, the quality, it's really important. It's Absolutely, super, super cool, neat, good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. I love. Thank it. you. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a, a great ride. You know, being yeah. being yeah. doing this. You know, um, jumping into this field. You know that I've been in for about five years now so it's yeah, it's been it's, cool. it's been it's been a blast so um so you so thankfully you're, you're you have all options covered you have the paperback you have the ebook you have the audiobook which is yeah. terrific i have a hard um, which is a beautiful hardcover hardcover um, as well that's that's yeah. great yeah so and you, i you know now i have an agent and i, I really adore my agent um mm-hmm. you know and i he's not a huge power player um but he is he he's been in the business a long time and he's highly respected um it's a boutique agency but um i i feel like i'm in really good hands and um you know i'm hopeful i'm just yeah. I'm really hopeful and i just started my third book which has nothing to do with with the first two but um i decided to wait on the trilogy until i get picked up and then if they tell me to you know start writing the third one i, I could do it quickly i already plotted it so um but yeah i wanted to just try something completely different so that my my agent will have something else to pitch should this not work out you know for me that's a great way to look at it yeah. and so um so tell us a uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you have in mind for prudence for the second Okay, so um, basically, at the end of the first book, Prudence walks out of rehab, um, kind of a new person and ready to take all the skills that she learned in rehab and apply them to her life. She also has left sort of a trail of destruction behind um, that she needs to clean up a mess, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so the the sequel basically takes a, a lot of the characters from rehab and. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody commits suicide in the first book, um, and I kind of, uh, it, it's not, it's glossed over a bit in the first book, so I, I get a little deeper on that, and everybody meets in Los Angeles for the funeral of this person, and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the big chill, you know, where they, there's a reunion, so to speak, for this funeral, yeah. and I bring mm-hmm. uh, several of the main characters into Los Angeles, um, and what, how, does, how their lives interact 
who come, you know, whose wheels come off the bus, whose wheels don't. Yeah. Um, how does Prudence deal with, um, she does have a little mishap in rehab in book one, she kisses somebody. Um, and then that person ends up in Los Angeles and then they, you know, end up getting together. And how does that work out? Um, so I, I, a lot of my readers wanted Prudence to end up with Alistair, who's her love interest in book one. I, mm -hmm. uh, but I was really on the fence about that. And my agent was very, very adamant with me, the person I want her to end up with, that nothing could happen between them during book two. So book two has only one sex scene. Like it's literally not at all. It's more character driven and um, kind of how do you um, unwind the damage that you've done, you know, um, through addiction, what happened to her and everything that happened, that all, you know, she did damage to her son. She's she also does the unthinkable in book two. She crosses a line with her best friend's husband. Um, and oh. you can see that she's not perfect. Like she still has yeah. issues. Um, and, um, and that puts strain on her friendship. Um, so that she, and she has to deal with work and she has to deal with um, facing her boss who she also was having um, tryst with before she got better and has to kind of keep him at bay. So there's just a lot of challenges that she has, uh, but she has the skills and she wants to do better. And mm -hmm. um, I think parents will relate to it and how you fix damage that has been done, you know, in relationship with kids and earning their trust again. And um, just those kinds of things that I like to deal with, that everything's not always what it seems. That's fascinating to me. I'm also fascinated by the strength and resilience of the human spirit and how we're all a lot stronger than we believe we are. Um, mm -hmm. And how do you apply that to your life? And how, how do you make that work for you? Um, I, yeah. I'm fascinated by character. I'm fascinated by um, when somebody does fall and fail, how, how are they forgiven? How do they seek forgiveness? Just real life issues. And I try to write in a way that's entertaining, um, fast paced, um, but very character driven. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. The title of the of the original address the color of the sky. Mm -hmm. How did that how did that kind of title come into play? Okay, so there's a fairy tale from uh it was written in the 1400s and it's um mm -hmm. called Donkey Skin. Yeah. And it, it's, it was made into move, several movies. Um, it's, it's kind of an odd story um, where a king on his deathbed, he tells, or the queen is dying and he tells, she tells the king, you can only marry someone fairer than me after I die. Mm -hmm. And the, the king kind of drops into madness and he thinks his daughter is the person he needs to marry. She's fairer than the queen. Oh. And the daughter's, of course, like, I don't want to marry my dad. So she <laughs> goes to a fairy nymph and the fairy says, tell your father to make you address the color of the sky. He will surely not be able to do it. And then you're free. Mm -hmm. And of course he does. And he covers it in jewels and, you know, all that and makes this elaborate dress. And now she goes back to the fairy nymph and says, all right, now what do I do? And so mm -hmm. then the fairy says, make him a, a, have it, tell him to make you address the color of the moon. Mm. And so that's the name of the sequel. And then the last dress that the king makes is the dress, the color of the sun. Ah. So 
basically she wraps herself in this donkey skin that they had a donkey that littered gold and the king in his madness kills the donkey and she gets the skin and wraps herself in it. Mm. And that's kind of symbolic of that we hide behind what we don't want people to know about us when we slap a smile on our face, when things are going really poorly or um, kind of the secrets that we hold. Uh, our donkey skin is our protective layer that we, you know, we, we keep others from knowing things about yeah. ourselves. And I refer to the donkey skin. I refer to the fairy tale in my first book. I also refer to the donkey skin um, as something that we all have. And it's, it's kind of, um, so I tie the fairy tale into the book um, mm -hmm. so that you can understand where I came up with the title, how the title works for the story. Because so my story is about a, a woman overcoming childhood trauma, um, yeah. and sexual assault. So, and that's how she ends up a sex addict. And the, so the fairy tale really aligned with, with the story. Mm. Wow, that's, um, that's so cool. Yeah. That is so I, cool. I really love the title. I think it's really pretty and yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it, it works. And, um, and I, I love the idea of doing the trilogy. If I, if yeah. I do get picked up, I'll definitely write a third one because um, I mean, my, my readers are begging me like what we want to know what's going to happen to Prudence when she gets out of rehab. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. so the pressure's on. And I'm right, very right. pleased with book two. My agent says it's definitely um, sh shines my writing skills and shows I've evolved quite a bit as a writer. I've grown a lot as a writer and it's really fun to see how um, my skills have improved. My storytelling has improved. Um, uh, I, I just really enjoy, I really enjoy um, writing. I, I truly deeply love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know the feeling all too well and I just just going through yeah um you know just kind of thinking back on you know writing the um the second Excelsior book it was really something that it was one of the most fulfilling exercises of my life it took five years but man it was worth it oh yeah um, yeah mine took a while my first book took me a while to write and I feel yeah. anxious that my second book took me too long to write and now mm -hmm. it's going to take too long to get picked up and then I'm going to lose momentum. But you just have to sit back and let the process work. Yeah. And, and, just, and just keep yourself out there. You know, yeah. The way, the keep way yourself you... out there. Keep promoting yourself on social media. Keep talking about, um, you know, your, your books. Keep giving books away. Keep doing interviews. Keep, you know, there's and continue to write. There, there's nothing, yeah. there's some things that are out of your, your hands. And, um, you know, I did get one, I've gotten one rejection so far. Um, and mm -hmm. it was, um, it was from an editor at one of the big five publishers. And she just said that she thought I was a very talented writer, but she couldn't relate to the protagonist, which was really surprising mm -hmm. to me because the number one thing that I see on reviews is how relatable my protagonist is but yeah you know like I like I said the subject matter's not it's not for the weak and I don't graphically go into um the sexual assault obviously no one wants to read about that but the nuances are there and in, and it's a tough subject um so it's not for everybody and I understand you know I was disappointed I was obviously upset and saddened but my agent's like 
we're just starting. You can't, you know, this is, this is, you're going to get rejections, <laughs> but hopefully one, all yeah. you need is one person, just one. Yep. That's it. That's and no I'll one say. wants to be that first one either. Yeah. And I'm just like, come on. <laughs> but as soon, yeah. but as soon as you get that one person speaking up, then all of a sudden that is what starts the momentum because that's when all of a sudden people are like, Oh, if this person said yes, then maybe I miss something or maybe I need to give this a shot. Right. It's always that yeah. one person that, that makes a difference. I remember uh, Kevin Smith saying the same thing. Kevin Smith said the same thing about uh, clerks when, you know, like it went to the, uh, the international feature film market in New York city and it just kind of died there, but it just so happened that there was um, an, an independent film consultant named Bob Hawk who just happened to be there and he started talking it up and all of a sudden he's got Amy Taubin from the, from the village voice calling him and, you know, um, Peter Broderick and all these different people. And then all of a sudden there's John Peterson, you know, co coming in, coming in with him. And then all of a sudden yeah. Sundance. So it's like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, one it's, person. It's you know, one person that's always going to be that. <laughs> I, my my uh, so what, goal, so, though, is, is that I'm not going to be dead uh, by the time all this happens. Yeah. You know, The Queen's Gambit is amazing. I don't know if you watched it or you read the book. And I'm, book I am so looking forward to sitting down and watching that. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I love it. It's so character driven. There's literally nothing, practically nothing happens in, in the movie. And it's brilliant. Yeah. And the guy's mm -hmm. dead. The author's dead. And it's, so, it's just... <laughs> Breaks my heart, you know. Yeah, that he uh, pretty much everything he wrote turned into a big, huge movie, and he's a brilliant writer. But you know, for for this to happen and take so long, um, yeah, I just hope it doesn't take that long for me. Right. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> what we all that's what we all fear. We want, yeah, <laughs> it it does it it's it's not enough that you know like yes, the words that we put out on the page they are going to live past us. Yeah, but we want to still enjoy them while they're there, yeah. you know, while we're here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so you have this third book, and it's a National Novel Writing Month project, correct? Yes, and I absolutely love the pressure yeah. of National Novel Writing Month because mm -hmm. it's just um, it forces you. I think writing is a muscle. You have to practice. You have to write every day. And it gives me um, mm -hmm. the, the, that kind of discipline um, to sit down and get the pressure to get those words out. And the yeah. first draft uh, is, is a complete, you know, um, it's, it's a garlic milkshake. It's just a, just get it out. You just have to write it. That is, the, that is the best phrase I've ever heard in my life. A garlic milkshake. That is Yeah, really you know, it's just, it's just shit. You just have to yeah. get it out. You got to just, and, and we can't just really worry too much about it. Um, yeah. it, it takes seven drafts for a book to, to be finished. I mean, you, no matter how you slice it, you're going to do mm -hmm. a lot of drafts. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm excited about this story. I, I am, I, I hope I'm hopeful and um, I'm actually right now looking for a developmental editor to work with and kind Excellent. of putting my feelers out and ask my agent to give me some recommendations. I enjoy working with editors. Like I think they're really important. I think it's really important to have a fresh set of eyes. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. we're so close to our work. We can't really see the issues. Yeah. Um, my, I used to have my boyfriend help, you know, read stuff for me, but he's just, he's too busy and, 
Um, mm-hmm. By the time he's a lawyer, by the time he gets home, he's just like exhausted. So I, yeah. you know, I, I need somebody professional that really understands story structure and just to kind of let me know, uh, you know, that this is slowing it down too much, or you should move this, this sub, this part of it, you know, elaborate just those kinds of things. Um, I, I really enjoy working with people on my, once I have the draft done, you know, yeah. help guide you through a lot of that um, stuff. Yeah. Excellent. And so what, uh, what sort of advice would you have for those that are looking to get into this field? Indie publishing is a very, it's, it's, a, it's a very welcoming field mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, just like I said at the beginning, when one of us succeeds, we all succeed. So we're oh, all trying so to like sweet. kind of, yeah, we're all trying to kind of like push each other to, you know, give each other's support read each other's stuff as beta readers, you know, whatever we can do, any sort of, yeah. you know, support that we can give is something that I've seen the overwhelming majority of indie authors doing. And, you know, everyone's got their own approach to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to this whole field. Like there are so many people that want to stay indie so that they can have control over everything and they can basically collect all of the royalties for themselves, right. which, you know, more power to them. You know, right. I am, I definitely understand that. That's why I've self-published from Parts Unknown. That's why I've keep, you know, kept that out there. Because I know at some point it's a niche market story, but at the same time, it's going to find its audience. And, um, also, and I don't want to give you up. You have that. a fan base. You have an audience. Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> one I of the so, yeah. things <laughs> really important is, yeah, um, I think it's really important to um, promote your work before it's published. Mm-hmm. Create, create excitement. Um, I think yeah. also a lot of people tell me, well, I don't know how to write a book or I don't know. I'm afraid people aren't going to like it. You, you, first of all, you got to have a thick skin in this business and yep. not everybody's going to like your work. Not everybody's the right reader for your story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bottom line is, is that you, if you don't believe in your yourself and you're at least that you have some sort of talent, then no one else is going to believe it either. So um, yeah. you know, promote your work. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And mm-hmm. I think that um, you can use the different social media platforms to um, to kind of get the word out. And I wouldn't if you if you think you're going to make a lot of money as a writer, then this is probably isn't the right industry for you. <laughs> it's, yep. you know, it's a hard way to make a living, but it's very mm-hmm filling and, and very, very exciting um, and rewarding to me personally. Um, I, I just have absolutely loved the, this journey that I've been on as a writer. I've learned a lot. I've failed a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes, um, but I do, I hustle. I really yeah. hustle. I work very hard at, at promoting my work, at creating and building my social media platform, creating um, my brand as Jennifer Irwin author. Um, mm-hmm. I just redid my website and, um, and getting an agent is obviously the needle in the haystack. So that's a a huge step. You know, if you want an agent, you need to, um, I I like using the query shark. She helped me a lot with my query letter. I think it's really important to, um, to just do like 10 queries. And then if you get 10 rejections, rewrite your query letter, you know, you don't want to just throw everything out there at once. So there's just a lot of, there's a process to it. Um, do a lot of research, ask, questions ask for help and like you said the indie author community is very supportive and i'm always happy to help 
um, you know, give people my the things I've learned about building social media. The Amazon algorithm is a tough one. You got to understand how that works and what yep. you need to do there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things out there, but I think fear gets the best of people, and they're afraid um, to put put themselves out there and to write. Um, and but I do think everyone has a story in them, and um, and if you've always wanted to write a book, then just the only, the only thing that has to happen with the first draft is that it has to happen. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun. And, and I've just been so touched by people like you and um, that, that have these amazing podcast radio shows that are just doing so well and promoting indie authors. And it's just such a gift. It's just amazing. And thank you so much. Absolutely. And where can, where can uh, my listeners find you on social media you mentioned instagram so, and yeah I'm, Twitter. On, I'm jen it's jen Irwin author and i'm on instagram i'm on facebook um twitter and linkedin pinterest and uh goodreads obviously yeah, i'm on goodreads too so and mm -hmm. my book is available on amazon um it's also available at barnes and noble online um mm -hmm. and i just redid my website so a lot of um you'll be able to get updates on everything on my website jenniferwinauthor.com and mm -hmm. um yeah so you know i just i my book um my book has done well and, and a lot of men have been reading it, which has been really surprising and reviewing it. And um, I'll be posting about, as soon as I find out that I'm gonna be picked up, hopefully that will happen. I gotta keep visualizing it, creative, you know, positive, power, positive thinking, right? Um, I'll be announcing it, like, I'll announce it of course everywhere, but um, a lot of things will be updated on my website if you need, if you wanna know what's happening with my books. Um, and what's going to happen with Prudence Aldrich, my protagonist. Excellent. So, Excellent. Yeah. Super exciting. Oh, yeah. Very, very exciting. And I really hope that all of you have been able to take in as much as I have with this, uh, with this discussion. I hope that all of you realize the two major things that Jen has been saying throughout this. First of all, everyone has a story in them. And second of all, you are better than you think you are. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. that is something I really hope that all of you are able to take with you as you go on your own Excelsior journey, just as Jennifer has. And so for Jennifer Irwin, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I will see you next week. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. 
So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.